Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Fox Nomad Podcast. I'm your host, Fox Nomad, Anul Polat. I'm really excited for this kind of bonus episode. So you're getting some extra episodes that are going to be coming out over the next couple of days. But today, I've got a special guest, Liz Aceves, who flew back, who basically flew to Spain for quarantine. I mean, not knowingly. She flew there and then was locked down two days later, the whole country locked down. And then was on one of the very first flights out of Europe. So she basically very recently was on a flight from Spain to Mexico. So I had her on to talk about that. So I hope you enjoy that interview. Just a couple of quick things. If you're listening to this right now and you haven't, I know I beg you every time. Sometimes I forget to beg you. But uh, if you're listening to this on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you could give the Fox Nomad podcast five stars, on that app, either in, you know, Apple, Google, like I said, wherever you're listening to this, it's a huge, huge help to the podcast. I've got a lot of exciting things planned. So uh, the podcast is um, getting busy. So it's, uh, I'm really excited. I've got a lot of interesting things to share with you over the next couple of days and weeks. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, just a couple of other quick notes before I get to the interview with Liz couple of videos that are up uh, on YouTube right now. One is about the best VPNs. It's a question that I get a lot. Uh, so I wanted to really talk about what a VPN is, why you should use it, and the best ones from a cybersecurity and travel perspective. Um, so I go into that. That video is up on YouTube, or you can go to foxnomad.com blog and then read all about it because I've got an article up there as well. While you're on YouTube as well, by the time you're listening to this, there's going to be some clips of the video version of this podcast. Not the full video version, but just some clips online that you can watch if you want to see us talking, I guess, uh, rather than just listening. Um, but there's also this message that I have uh, for all of you. So it's a message that I put in a video about giveaways. So it was looking back at a project or sort of a a year of giveaways that I did in 2019, um, but it's really just a message for all of you, for all of your support on on this podcast, on on YouTube, on for the site, just wherever. Um, so it's a. I, I hope you take. I hope you take a few minutes to watch it, and uh, thank you very much for that. And finally, there is something up on the site today, foxnomad.com/blog. You'll find it. It's a trick that will do a couple of things. One, based on how you set your alarm clock for an early morning or a late flight, you know, one of those weird times you gotta fly in, you know, these random times and, you know, you've gotta wake up and people have all these strategies, but there's a really easy trick you can do to get more sleep and time your alarm so that you wake up basically as late as you can possibly wake up so that you get all this extra sleep. Well, maybe not a lot of extra sleep, but you get a few minutes of extra sleep you know, at those 3 a.m., 4 a.m., you know, those type of times when you have to wake up for a flight, but that can have you uh, feeling more rested. Um, so it's a little brain trick that you can use to set uh, different types of alarm clocks. So if you want to check that out, uh, the research into that, writing that was really interesting for me. I was, I was, you know, when I was thinking about writing that post, uh, I was like, this works for me. And I think it works for a few other people that I've talked to, but I want to know if it works, what, why it works. And if it'll work for other people as well. And it turns out it does. So check that out if you want an easier way to w wake up early for pretty much anything. This is really good. It's a really good trick for 
just how to wake up when you don't want to wake up, which for a lot of people is many mornings, you know, when you get those early mornings, you just don't want to, just don't want to get out of bed. Maybe you're a morning person and you're just rambling now at this point. So anyway, thank you uh, very much to, to Liz. I hope you enjoy this interview and here we go. Okay, so we can just start. <laughs> yeah, let's get started. Easy as that for those of you, well, I was going to say for those of you listening, there's a video version, but there's only going to be clips of this probably. If you want to see those clips there on YouTube. Um, but I wanted to talk to you, Liz, because you, I think you took probably the very first flight out of Europe after this Corona mess. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> like, and yeah, you sent me some videos. Uh, for those who don't know, Liz is on the Fox Nomad team. So if you've emailed me, probably she's probably responded. I mean, yeah. um, I like all your emails, but Liz has probably <laughs> responded. Um, yeah, so you sent these videos of the airport in Madrid and I think Valencia as well, the train, the subway maybe. No, it, actually the videos that I sent you, it was the subway from Madrid also. So it was basically all the videos that I sent you were from uh, heading from downtown Madrid to, to the airport in the subway. And then I, in theory, my flight was in Terminal 1. And so I got off in Terminal 1 in the subway station and it was closed. So I had to wait to get another um, metro to go to Terminal 4, which was the only terminal open uh, at the airport. So it was, that, that tiny bit was really interesting because there was absolutely no one in, in subway. And so, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty well. So you're in Mexico right now and you were in Spain and you kind of got stuck there, I guess, in a sense, because, you know, nobody could fly any, or, I mean, you probably couldn't leave the apartment for most, mostly. Um, so you're in Spain, the lockdown kind of ends, right? Or they, they start flights yeah. and then you got to get from Valencia where you start to Madrid, which is like three, four hour train. I think if I remember correct. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was about four hours, but I, I, I took the bus. I didn't take the train. I took a bus. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so you, did you just see it on the news that flights have started? Were you tracking it somehow or? Well, no, not really. There were, I think there were flights um, during, well, no, they, the flight started in June mm -hmm. and the, the prices were crazy just to get a one-way flight from Madrid to Mexico. The rates were over 2,200 euros, just a one-way ticket. It was insane and my visa was about to expire even though even though the the spanish um government got back to me finally i i wrote to them you know just making sure that if i had to stay longer i wouldn't have any uh penalties with the european union at some point uh but anyway I, my my health had wasn't the best so i was just ready to go back home and you know get treated uh, properly with Mexican pesos rates because the rates in Spain were insane 
Um, so, yeah, so I was looking for flights. As I said, the rates were crazy at the end of uh, May, at the beginning of June. But finally, I was able to find a really decent price ticket. Still, more than usual. I paid more than usual, but it wasn't two thousand two hundred euros as you know as they were showing up. So, so yeah, it was an interesting fee in research so you were just looking for flights right you didn't get any notification from the spanish or mexican government it was just pretty much just like you would normally book a flight right there's i mean there's no magic website or something like that for after corona flights or anything like that no no well i i must confess um i was doing my regular research i was um logging into the platforms that I usually use. Um, but at the end, I ended up contacting a friend of mine that used to work for an airline back in the days, a very well-known airline back in the days. And he sometimes have been able to get me a, a, a flight in really good uh, um, rates. So I contacted him and he was able to get me the, you know, the best deal uh with luggage included etc but yeah but basically my my first research was just using i don't know if you want me to mention yeah. the platform yeah okay. go for it <laughs> i i usually use kiwi.com skyscanner.com and kayak.com and you know whatever comes in my way i'll just you know have a look and compare flights and but yeah no the, the rates were uh, crazy and uh, obviously the amount of flights that were available were very very limited yeah so did you i mean i guess did you fly direct actually i mean i'm guessing there maybe flew, is a direct flight but okay there usually there is a direct flight from madrid to cancun or cancun to madrid but in this time because of the coronavirus uh I had to fly from Madrid to Mexico City, and then we flew from Mexico City to Cancun. So you booked the flight using, you know, regular kind of searching, and you find a price that's not, I mean, just crazy, crazy. you know? It's kind of weird, you know? I wonder if that's just like pre-programmed, that the flights, you know, they go, oh, everybody wants to fly right now, so we're going to charge <laughs> them a whole bunch of money, or if... If, and it's a mistake and they go, wait a minute, you know, the whole world economy, including our airline is probably, you know, bankrupting. Maybe we should make these uh, cheaper. But you, fi you find the flight yeah. and then you get a bus ticket, which I'm assuming was a lot easier. You can just either online yes. or go to the bus station. Yes. Yes, that, that was easy. I just bought it online. So... You get to the bus, is it full of people? Are there people on the bus or? Um, no, I mean, they were very respectful with keeping the social distancing. So basically, you know how you have uh, two seats in one side and then you have the aisle and then you have the two seats in the other side. Mm -hmm. So basically one person was allowed uh, every two seats, right? So I was just sitting in the window and right next to me there was no one. Uh, I would say the bus was had about um, 
probably 15 people. So it wasn't that empty, but it wasn't full either. The bus station was there. I, I, I waited there for a few hours for some reason. Oh yes, because I, I actually had to take the first bus from Puerto de Sagunto to Valencia. And then I had to wait for a few hours in Valencia to take the bus to Madrid. And yeah, the bus station in Valencia was empty. I mean, there were just uh, very some very grumpy security guards, by the way. <laughs> and all the shops were closed, obviously, and there were probably like four other people sitting in different benches. And, and that's it. Was it, I mean, were you worried at all? Like, you know, did you think, okay, maybe, maybe things have closed again? Or did you get worried? Or were there like, just weird people like hanging around the bus station or was it, you know, just quiet, you know? It, it was weird, but it was okay because I am the queen of asking questions. So, you know, when I saw that everything was empty and that there was absolutely no movement, I just, you know, went straight to the security guard and I was like, I have a ticket, you know, is, you know, where I'm supposed to wait and and they just pointed to the right direction and you know and i just waited for i think it was three hours or something like that and you're but wearing, there were sorry uh so i was gonna say so are you wearing a mask at this point i mean do you you have to wear it i'm assuming uh, yes. you know, i'm guessing yes it's you know if you're gonna travel in the next few probably months you have to be psychologically ready to be wearing a mask for several hours a day what about gloves is that a rule that they had or anything i've seen that somewhere no 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 i i have only seen that rule in spain to get into supermarkets but besides that i haven't seen it yeah i went i went to the grocery store today in in turkey and uh before they had like when this first started i mean you have to wear a mask indoors that's yeah. that's the rule but they bag like all the the produce like the tomatoes and you know peppers whatever it's already bagged which is annoying because yeah. you can't pick the best ones but then you can't yeah. take they're like 30 or 40 tomatoes like, you know i don't need that many tomatoes or whatever so i went today <laughs> And I was, I looked at it. It was like so colorful. I was like, oh, no bags. Look at all these things. And I, I was like grabbing stuff with my hands. And the guy was like, you need to use a glo the gloves. So now they have plastic gloves that you have to wear um, in there. So I got, I got a little excited. It was just nice. It was just weird. I was like, wow, those are it's so nice. You start appreciating small things that you didn't realize that you had, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, even just like walking around wearing a mask and it's really, it's getting hot here now and it's just sweating and I ran into a friend just, you know, walking on the street today and at first I couldn't recognize him. I was, you know, because he has a mask on and then, you know, it takes your brain like so much longer to kind of recognize people and you can't see them smile, you, you, you know, it's, it's weird. It's so weird. You know, for me, honestly, that's probably one of the worst things because I, I love smiling to people. Like it, it's just automatic. I, I go, to, you know, and I smile, smile to people and I hope that they smile back. Like I'm just friendly that way. So for me, being wearing a mask all the time and I'm still smiling and then I'm like, oh, 
these guys are not even realizing that I am smiling. And you know what I've done? I'm, I'm smiling even bigger, hoping that, you know, when they notice my wrinkles, they realize that I am actually smiling under the mask. <laughs> yeah, and I think that, like, when you lock eyes with someone now, I, there's always like, oh, you almost look like angry at each other. But I think what's happening on both sides is, I think that, that you're bra- you just can't read what's, you know, you, I think they're smiling. I mean, why wouldn't they be smi- like, you know, smiling or whatever? It's, it's your it brain. It is more challenging to, to see the micro expressions in their faces and to under, try, trying to understand what's going on in their thoughts by reading their facial expressions, right? Because yeah. you're missing literally half of the face. Yeah, I mean, so much of your brain, so much of the brain is focused on reading faces. It's, it's, it's like somebody was saying the other day, like, how come in all these cartoons now, the animation, they can do dogs really, really well, but the people still look fake? And I'm like, no, if you were a dog, the dogs would look fake to you. And we would probably just be like, oh, they got the people really right. You know, it's just we're very good at seeing faces. And uh, yeah. yeah, so it's so weird. And even like, traveling you know when you just now you're at this bus station everybody's wearing a mask you you know you go up to the security guard (laughs) you think he's angry i mean you have no idea you know what they're thinking but it seems like it was pretty normal aside from it being empty and the masks otherwise like there was did they read your temperature when you went to the bus station or anything like that in spain nothing Nothing. No one, no one checked my temp- temperature. I think the first time that somebody checked my temperature was when I landed to Mexico, if I remember properly. So I was really surprised about that. Yeah, uh, here they you feel like if you go to the gym, you have, they read your temperature just to walk into the gym. So it's like... Uh, yeah, so- like, that's what I would expect in, in Spain, you know? But anyway, yeah. Yeah, because Spain is, I think, one of the worst hit countries of, you know, in the world, right? There's Italy, Spain, and US, USA pretty much, right? So. Yes, yes. Uh, yes, and I think, well, yeah. And, and one thing that I do want to mention what, now that we're talking about the face mask is that if you're going to travel anytime soon, try to get one of those face masks that do not have the, um, uh, what's the word, the like the like, ribbon? Like the band the around ear? your ear? The band, mm-hmm. the band around your ear, because after a few hours, oh my God, your ears really hurt. It's really, really annoying. So I basically had to wear it for almost 20, 22 hours in a row. We were just allowed to remove it when we were having our uh food and the planes and that was it after that you had to put it again so after a while i was like you know and i was asking the people around me i'm like does your ear hurt also or is it just only me and they were like no no they really hurt i see so many people with these thicker masks so they have the black this kind of black mask here and they kind of hear a lot of people wear it half on like nose is like i would say 50 percent of the people cover their nose and then now, like every day that goes by, less and less people are just covering anything. So the mask is like heavy and down on their face. And it's kind of pulling their ears forward. And I, I wear a lot of headgear. You know, when I, I train jujitsu, I'm always wearing headgear. And it's super annoying. 
but I'm always conscious of it. Like if it's just smashing your ear, that can actually hurt your ear more than just somebody else smashing your ear, which is supposed to protect. So I always look at those people and like, your ears are going to be so sore from just completely being flapped over, like in that awkward position for hours and days and days. So for all of you listening, uh, yeah, don't, uh, don't, don't do that. <laughs> and please wear the mask properly. Like if you, if you put it down to your nose, I mean. People that wear it, like you put the mask on, it's on your face. It's covering your mouth. Putting it over your nose is not going to be that much more uncomfortable. Like either wear it or don't, but the halfway is like, you, then you're uncomfortable from wearing the mask and you're not protected from, because you obviously germs can go in your nose, which is still connected to your lungs. I never get why people, you know, so yeah, it's, it's like you're not protected. Like if you're going to wear the mask, at least, you know, use it to protect other people from the virus. If you're not going to wear the mask, then just don't wear the mask. Just go 100% in either direction. You know, I, it's funny. Yeah, well, the, yeah, I guess the people that are doing it the wrong way, they're just, you know, trying to make the minimum to get, you know, to not getting in trouble with the police or, you know, because in some cities or in some country cities, mandatory to wear it. Yeah, I know in, in some Turkish cities, it's mandatory. Somehow in Istanbul, it's not. And I'd say about half of the people now are wearing a mask and not. Uh, the government yesterday kind of came out and said, uh, the cases are going up again. And if they reach this number, I think 2,000 cases a day, we will probably have to lock things down again and also make masks mandatory. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wear it outside. Uh, in the gym, you're supposed to wear it, but uh, I'd say most people don't wear it in the gym anymore because they're all going to have heat stroke. It's so, it's so. I hot. was gonna say, like, I actually read an article about it yesterday that people exercising shouldn't be wearing the mask because you don't get as much oxygen as you need it. So yeah. Yeah, I think it, it's not very practical. It's just yeah. you can't really do it. So. Um, yeah, but I think, yeah, now I think, feel like people are in this optional mask time, but when you were, when you were going like to the airport, you had to wear a mask, right? I mean, yes. it was mandatory. It was mandatory for sure. Uh, in Spain, they were, they were actually pretty good in that way. Like they made sure that whenever you went indoors somewhere, you had to wear a mask and you had to use hand sanitizer. So I remember the last day that I was in Madrid, uh, I told my mom, I'm gonna try to do a little bit of shopping because I've been, you know, I arrived to Spain on March 11, and the quarantine started on March 13, if I remember properly, something <laughs> like that. So basically I had no chance of wandering around uh, I didn't do any shopping. I didn't do anything touristy or whatever. I just went indoors. Uh, so the last day I told my mom, you know, I am going to try to, you know, maybe buy a blouse or, you know, something to bring as a memory from Spain. And I was, it, it was really funny because I would walk into one shop and then I would have to put the hand sanitizer mm -hmm. and then I would lead 
I'm really bad at shopping. I'm really, really bad uh, because I don't buy anything. It's really difficult for me to find something that I like. So literally I'm in the shop like five minutes and then I walk to the shop in front and then I had to put san hand sanitizer <laughs> again. And then I, I'm like three minutes in the other shop. Then I go to the other one in front and then I had to put hand sanitizer again. So I ended up putting like, I don't know, 15, 20 times hand sanitizer within like an hour, an hour and a half, which is fine. But you know, you just start feeling like your hands get a little bit thicker and thicker, you know? <laughs> it destroys my hands. If I use hand sanitizer just one time, yeah. it does some, I have some reaction to it and it's just, my hands get all messed up. So I'm paranoid about using it. I wash my hands like a million times, but yeah, so. Well, here in Spain was mandatory. So if you mm -hmm. went inside the shop, you are not allowed in the shop unless you use hand sanitizer. And in uh -huh. some cases, they, they made you put the hand sanitizer and then wear gloves. Like they will give you gloves. <laughs> and wow. when you were exiting the shop, you would have to throw the globes away. Wow. So I felt really bad for the environment because that was exactly the same case for every single person going to a supermarket in Spain. Yeah, I noticed a lot of masks just littered around, you know, the city. And I'm like, oh, that's a new thing, you know, just people just throwing stuff. But uh, I mean, I guess, yeah, it's kind of funny about your time in Spain because you got there basically for quarantine. So in, you know, 20 years from right now, on you, time. Tell, you, right tell people, time. you tell people the story like what did you do in Spain that one time oh it was 2020 and I basically did you know nothing I, I mean I think right you couldn't leave your apartment only for just a grocery shop Is that, yeah that's correct that's correct yes that's correct now can you go every day to grocery shop like or do they that's what people were doing in Spain I wasn't uh, because I wasn't sure if I had coronavirus or not. So I tried to stay indoors and I, w I tried to be as responsible as I could. But I noticed that most of the people that I had contact with via WhatsApp, like they would make an excuse to go to the supermarket at least once or twice per day. And the times that twice. I went to the... Yeah, yeah. And, and actually... No, and this is funny. Actually, I remember once going to the supermarket and one of their staff started telling me that some people that were using Tinder, they were um, meeting in supermarkets. Interesting. <laughs> so that was a technique. They were like, oh, you know, shall we meet in this supermarket this day, this time? And they would end up going there or, you know, the younger people who wanted to look at, you know, their boyfriend or girlfriend, they would just meet in the supermarket once or twice per day. So the staff from the supermarkets were really annoyed because, you know, they are in a vulnerable position. So mm -hmm. they started noticing these uh, continuous uh, <laughs> regular customers and they started telling them like, please, please don't come like twice a day, just come whenever you really need it, you know? So yeah, that was something that was happening in Spain. Interesting. Interesting. It's like those yeah. old, like, like the Sopranos, you know, I don't know if you've seen it, but whenever the mafia would meet to have these meetings, they would go to like some hardware store or some big store where they, nobody could listen to them and they would just kind of look like they're shopping and walk around. 
meet me in aisle five right next to the pasta yeah (laughs) (laughs) i wonder like i wonder how many people have have met on tinder at a supermarket during quarantine who are gonna like actually get married or something like have like this long relationship i think that would just be I wonder what, what you know what that's that like. Would be a very romantic podcast to do. <laughs> very yeah, very good podcast, very good like rom com movie as well. You know, just like a nice uh, quarantine movie, which I'm sure they'll make now. Every movie will be about quarantine next year. It'll be yeah, end of the world apocalypse. Um, I guess you were only quarantined in Spain, but. Of all the places in the world to be quarantined, would you have rather, based on what you've read on the news, had, would you rather have been other than home? Would you rather have been somewhere else? I mean... Uh, not really, you know, like actually, I, I think I kept very positive in general. I tried to be very positive in general. So I was really happy that it happened, in, it happened to me in Spain for some reason. Um, and also the the condo that I was staying in, luckily it was super nice and it had like a nice terrace that I, you know, with a nice view. And I really appreciate the the fact that the Spanish people every single day at, I think it was 7 or 8 p.m., everyone would open their windows or go to their balconies and they would just, you know, clap for one minute, two minutes. And I really liked the neighborhood where I was because I had some neighbors that after the clapping time, they would play really, really loud music, which would be a nightmare for most people, but they would play like Pavarotti or they would play like a a beautiful classic motivational song that you know would get everybody in a good mood so we would keep clapping i had some neighbors um that were elder an elder couple in the building in front of me that sometimes they would play like really really loud music from the the 50s or the 60s (laughs) and they would slow dance in the balcony so you know those small moments made my quarantine very special so nice. no no I I was happy that it happened in Spain. Um just the, the health side I was not happy but leaving that on a side I was very happy that you know I was there. And so you get a couple of days to shop kind of I mean things are opening I guess you know stores and you know cafes maybe as well I'm not I guess those are kind of opening as well. So you have a couple of days to do that in Madrid. So you're experiencing Madrid as it's opening up, right? That's the kind of the time that you got there. That's correct. Yes, I was very lucky because I spent in Madrid four days before I flew back uh, to Mexico, and uh, and the first couple of days the streets were empty. So I've been in Madrid before. I was in Madrid, I think, six years ago or seven years ago. So I've been in Madrid before, but this time it was great because I was able to take very beautiful photos from the palace and, you know, from the Plaza Mayor. 
and and without anyone in there. <laughs> so I felt really lucky. I really enjoyed that. And and then on the last uh, Friday and Saturday, which were my last two days, Friday night I went out for a walk, and everything was crowded. Everybody were wearing uh, face masks, but everywhere was crowded, you know, like you're not allowed to go inside any coffee places or restaurants, but mm -hmm. the, those restaurants and bars that have an open terrace, they were able to, re to receive people, I think at 30% of their, uh, what's the word? Uh, capacity, yeah. Capacity, thank you. Uh, so, on the last day, I was like, well, you know, having a cider in, in a bar on my last night in, in Madrid would be nice. So I went there and there was a waiting list and I waited for two hours <laughs> <laughs> outside, you know, and, but it was the only interaction I had with Spanish people in three months. Yeah. So, you know, I, I actually ended up enjoying those two hours outside a terrace, a, a bar, just waiting for, you know, trying to get a, a table to get, you know, a beer or a drink. So that yeah. was really fun. And, you know, before I left, I, I asked the waiter, like, you know, how, how long is it going to take? I don't know. Some people wait up to four hours. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then you're in Spain which I'm sure you're used to in Mexico, but in Spain, if they say you're going to wait two hours, I mean, who knows what that means, right? It doesn't, it's not like in Germany where if they say one hour and 58 minutes and 12 seconds, that's yeah. what it would be. But in Spain, yeah, time is just, yeah. They are more flexible. So, yeah, yeah pretty, that, that was really funny, but you know, but I actually enjoyed those two hours outside, just people watching because I hadn't been able to do that, you know? So it, it was just nice to sit, on the floor and observe people around me and how they interacted and you know how were they were acting with this new reality yeah so i i guess spanish people or people in spain are happy to be out um i've noticed here that it's kind it was kind of weird the first few days like less like no people were really outside after i mean we had these long curfews where we couldn't even go to the grocery store mm -hmm. um <laughs> and as those kind of lifted, the first couple of days, nobody was outside. It was interesting. I think people have now, now the city is almost normal, almost. It's still mm -hmm. not as crowded as it used to be. And that's because the restaurants and bars can only be so full. And, you know, there's mm -hmm. only so many things you can do to go out and places are closed and so on. Um, but I think, did you notice the same thing in Spain or were people... No, they were just out. They were just out. You know, out. like, yeah, everybody was just out. Um, yes, yeah, so as I mentioned, the Friday afternoon, like, I guess after work hours and Saturday, the streets were crowded. Like, Friday afternoon, that's when I said, you know, maybe I should try to get a drink somewhere just to go out for one time yeah. <laughs> in three months. Uh, in Europe, um, and everybody had the same thoughts. So yeah, they were very, very long lines. I walked probably to 
seven or eight different places to try to get a seat and they all have waiting lists and 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 also like the morning after when i decided to go shopping i decided to go shopping early so that was good but when i was heading back to my hotel there were people trying to go shopping to the you know the common stores sarah h&m etc and they were queuing under the sun and you could see like 50 60 people outside the store just waiting for their turn to go in i was like no <laughs> like really yeah. there's no but for the cider it's worth it <laughs> for the Exactly. No, because it was the night. So, you know, it was nice weather, it wasn't hot. But here were people on the streets under the sun rain, you know, it was almost summer and it was hot and people were queuing just to go inside the shop to buy clothes. So when you go like into the into the bar to get a drink, do they have a time limit for you? I mean I, I can't. No, I can't. that was the issue. That was the issue that they didn't they didn't set up a, a time. So you know they could stay for as long as they wanted. Yeah, I think setting up a time would be the most anti-European cafe bar culture thing you could possibly do, right? Like, but it would be good for the new reality, right? Because it would yeah. make things a little bit more fair, or you know, or at at least they should demand like you know maybe consume at least 10 20 euros per hour and if you're not then you know drink yeah the next person must come yeah i think i think a lot i mean a lot of businesses and things are do have to ch like change what they're doing and i think a lot of them are 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 making changes but maybe not the most logical way to make changes you know what i mean like i i can't think of an example but there are just some places where there are people that can very easily break the kind of random rules that you have. Like, for example, here, they close the parks, but you could go outside on certain days. Uh, the parks are closed, but that just means the sidewalks, everybody's on the sidewalks. So actually, people are more cramped. You know, in the parks, you have all this fresh air and more space. I mean, it's pretty impossible to really, really pack those parks because there's some large parks here. And so it was just kind of you know, sort of, a, I don't know if it's the most logical thing to do, especially, you know, when you have such a big city and everybody's just on the sidewalk now, you know, the people yes. jogging, riding the bike, running, walking. So in, in Turkey, did you have like a specific time where you could go outside? Like, for example, in Spain, you could, if, if you were between 14 and 60, you could go outside between 6 a.m. and 10 a.m. and then again between 6 p.m. and no 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. and if you if you were a family with children under 14 then you had another time and if you were an elder person you also had like a specific time where you could go outside well pretty much if you were under 20 i think 20 was the young age 20 or 18 i want to say 20 and you were yeah. over 65 you couldn't go out for two months, like period. So those ages couldn't go out, like forget it. Like they were just indoors. But what about food? They would have to order it or, or people bring okay. it. Um, so something like that. 
and and then they would close so they started closing things on the weekend so they would close on the weekend which means you can't go outside basically for any reason originally and so you'd be in your apartment and we had first all these holidays like in the last three months and then these we have these like uh, basically islamic holidays that move every year and they all happen to be in spring this year and so they would have these four-day weekends. So four days, you can't go out at all. And so the day before that, the grocery stores were like crazy, insane. You know, I would go at, as soon as it opened, early, early, early in the morning because, you know, I'm flexible with my, I guess, work schedule. I can just go in the morning. But if, if, if I would try to go and I did one time walk past, the stores after about 2 p.m. were just crazy lines. Like, forget it. So... Yeah, so we have these like long lockdowns and then on those four-day lockdowns, they left the bakeries open and then eventually some stores and they kind of lifted it and then they were just like, poof, now you can all go outside. Um, So it was kind of like that. Yeah, I I mean, as I I have had this conversation with my family members and I, you know, I try to invite them to be a little bit more patient with the government's decisions because... I tell them like, you know, it's a learning process for everyone, right? Like we haven't seen a pandemic in I don't know how many decades. So, you know, our governments are learning and are experimenting on the way to see what will work and what won't work. So over here, they are also uh, here in, in Playa del Carmen where I am. Uh, they are also starting to open up things. But the thing here in Mexico is I think that many, many people unfortunately didn't ended up understanding the importance of not only taking care of yourself, but also taking care of other people around you, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember I went, I'm, I'm so basically, I arrived here not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before that. So I'm still in self-quarantine, mm-hmm. you know, just taking care of the people around me. So I've been indoors most of the time. But uh, two, three days ago, I had to go to buy something. And, you know, like I was telling my mom, I think around 85 or 90 percent of the people on the streets that i saw were not wearing a face mask and you know like they were not taking any measures any caution measures cautious Mm -hmm. measures so i was a little bit uh, shocked to see that because i understand that you know mexico is not a European country or it's not an American, you know, it's not the US or it's not Canada where the government sort of has your back. You know, like if you stay unemployed, they are helping families in many ways economically. But in Mexico, they don't, the government just doesn't. So I understand that people have to still go outside even though we're still supposed to be inside and you know still they're trying to make a living and to to bring food to the table to their families but you know i think that if you're going out you still have to 
take the right measures to protect you, to protect your family, and to protect everyone around you. But here, I haven't seen it that much. So that was a little bit disappointing. Yeah, here, uh, there's a lot of support for all the measures. And the Turkish people, we are a very germophobic people. And I <laughs> recently found out why that is. I mean, I, I was talking uh, yesterday on something I was recording that, you know, it's very common when you go into people's house that they put this lemon cologne on your hand, uh, mm -hmm. which is like an alcohol-based, it's alcohol-based, it's basically alcohol. Like with, hand sanitizer. <laughs> I never, I'm so stupid in all like my years of just being alive. I just thought it smelled nice and that's why people would do it. And it never <laughs> occurred to me that it's disinfecting your hands. I literally... Never thought of it like that because I just remember it smelling nice. And then when I was a kid, just everybody like throwing it, we're basically putting it on me all the time. And when you're a kid, it just doesn't smell that nice. And uh, it turns out that that's because in Istanbul for like in 15 and 1600s, the bubonic plague came through and wiped out people a bunch of times, a lot. And so you find a very... I think it's all throughout Turkish culture, but especially in Istanbul, like shop owners always cleaning the front of their shops all the time, like soap and water, the lemon cologne, uh, just a real cleanliness is a big deal. Like apartments, wow. you know, houses have to be cleaned like a lot. I mean, air, it's all kinds of things. So that came from that. And so it's been interesting to see things open up here. And I, I saw, I read something which terrified me terrified me about Turkish Airlines that you know they're starting flights now but you can't take hand luggage and so that's terrifying for me because that means I can't take electronics with me because I'm not equipment to, yeah I'm not going to check these things and the batteries you're not supposed to check anyway um, and I think they're kind of loosening that up I can't imagine people not traveling with electronics I mean you know, this yeah. is this is 2020. Like, who who doesn't have like a, some laptop or tablet with them? But when you were in Madrid and you booked these flights, when you booked the flight, was it just normal <clears throat> ticket confirmation? Yes. Anything extra uh, that you had to do that they sent you? No, 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 no. Uh, actually, the only thing that was different was that I wasn't allowed to do uh, web check-in because they they waited until the very last minute to to set your seating to okay. make sure that you have the right social distancing that's pretty nice <laughs> that was that yeah that was nice that was from madrid to mexico city mm -hmm. but when i arrived to mexico city when i was about to when I was making the line to get into the plane, they started asking for a printed um, health certificate, which I never, you know, I, I didn't know I had to print it. So, so I approached the staff and I was like, guys, I never received like an email saying that I needed to print anything regarding the health certificate. And they said, where are you flying from? And I said, well, I just landed from Spain, which would be worse because Spain has a you know, very high number of cases. And they were like, 
oh no, if you're coming from Spain, that's totally fine. You don't need to give it to us. So this is in Mexico. That was so they... it. That, that, this was to take the plane from Mexico City to Cancun. Ah, okay. And in that plane, they didn't respect the social distancing. So the plane was full, pretty much. It was crowded. Yes, it, it was very surprising for me. It wasn't full, probably 100%, but they, you know, there were many people sitting right next to each other when they shouldn't have. And they, you know, and they didn't have any limitations like the hand luggage, uh, like you're having with uh, Turkish Airlines. So when you flew from Madrid, did they, you know, <laughs> you check in and I guess, uh, do you have a backpack or some handbag no. or something? No. Big okay. luggage. Uh, well, no, wait. I had my regular luggage, mm -hmm. my wheel thingy. Okay. And I had my, my backpack for my laptop, but I had no issues anywhere. Uh, so you it. could just put it in the overhead and it was totally no fine. Yeah. Interesting. And the plane was full or half full? I mean, I uh, saw the airport. The airport like for people listening was like abandoned. I mean, it looked like it just abandoned. I mean, you yeah. could have like, I wish you had, I was just thinking like, you know, if you had a skateboard I, or a bike or something, like you just ride around, it'd be so much fun. You could do anything in there. It was that. The airport was, yeah, it, it, it was, I liked it though. <laughs> it was silent. It, it was silent. I love airports because I love, people watching but mm -hmm. I really enjoyed to have a very empty airport as well and we were only like in Madrid's airport which is a huge airport we were probably only around I'm gonna say 100 and something people in there plus the staff which were very very little so yeah it was very empty Wow. And so all the shops were closed. So forget about any snacks or any coffee or anything. One thing I've noticed in my travels is when I go through security, if the line is not very busy, they spend extra time on searching my stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I travel with a lot of electronics and I look like me. And so in a lot of places that that gets extra attention, but when they have the time, <laughs> I feel like, you know, they're like, oh, well, we might as well check. We don't, we're not in a rush. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did you have that at all? You must've been the only person in the security line. I, w I was, I was, uh, but no, they were okay. You know, I, I think in which of the airports? No, I think it was in Mexico airport where they actually scan your body in one mm -hmm. of the big machines. And I, I, usually don't wear any jewelry and for some reason something came in this area of the in the machine so they decided to scan me a little bit uh, extra in my body but it took 15 extra seconds because i could show them that i literally had nothing in there so yeah what was the meal on the madrid to mexico flight like did it was it different at all the process of you know getting food or they, you know, it's funny that you mention it because the people uh, mentioned in the speaker, they apologized to let us know that the, the food was going to be different 
than what they usually serve. But really, you couldn't tell the difference. What was uh, what was different about it? The, I don't know. They just, <laughs> you know, they, they mentioned it out loud in the speaker, and that was it. Because, you know, they still gave you the, the drinks. They, I mean, probably the only thing that I noticed differently is that they didn't ask you, like, usually you get to choose between two things, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they usually say, I don't know, pasta or chicken or... And this time they just, you know, gave you the pasta and that was it, you know, if you like it, good. And if you don't like it, that's your problem. Had you so, have you flown that airline before? Yes. Was the food better now or worse? Or was it just always terrible or always, air, it's just airplane food? kind of Airplane food, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I love pasta and they gave me pasta. So I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm an easy date. <laughs> and the flight attendants are wearing gloves and masks, I'm guessing, or yes, poor guys. Yeah. They were they were wearing the transparent like um plastic thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and the face mask and the gloves. And I, you know, after my ears started hurting, I actually spoke to one of the flight attendants and I, I was like, you know, I feel like complaining, but I'm just doing this today. So I, you know, I really respect you guys because I am aware that you're probably doing this every day, you know, for, I don't know, eight, 10 hours a day. And, and the, and the, the lady was like, yeah. <laughs> so, so I really respect anyone working right now and having to wear the face mask, you know, full time. I, I admire you. I respect you and, you know, yeah. So the flight attendants have a mask and this, I, I, you know, I haven't seen on the news this really elsewhere, but here it actually is pretty popular. So people, instead of wearing like a, you know, a, a mask around their mouth and nose, you know, that nor, like a mask mask, they wear like this plastic, it almost looks like a, like a shield around their face. Mm -hmm. It's kind of weird because a lot of them are decorated here and I don't know why they have like glitter and like, sparkles around the top and stuff it's i i it's kind of weird looking um but okay. that's really popular so when the corona first was happening here people were doing like paper mask on their face and plastic mask did the flight yeah. attendants do the double or were they just using the plastic clear face mask the plastic clear face mask and the and the regular face mask disposable ones so they had both yep oh they wow had both. Mm -hmm. and i guess aside from the meal was anything else different about your flight um well anything? i had the extra space right because they respected the social distancing so that nice. was nice yeah <laughs> sweet and then so the plane was half full basically or was it even less full Probably, I would say probably around 40%. The one, the, the long one, the one from Madrid to Mexico City. The and one from Mexico City to Cancun was definitely fuller than oh. that. And what was, what was the staff, how was their mood from what you could tell behind the mask? Same, different? Same, you know, like very, very professional. Very professional. I overheard uh, some of the flight attendants saying that they were heading to a different country to get more supplies so i think 
many flight attendants and many pilots actually, even though there weren't very many commercial flights available, they were still flying to different countries to get medical supplies or to get any other supplies that, that were needed. So they, they kept working. And what about passengers? Was People are usually crabby at airports. So it's, it depends. Some are like happy and some are business. Like they're going to a meeting, you can clearly tell. And then there are just people yeah. that are in a really good mood because they're going somewhere. They look, other people are like the flip side of that. Like, ah, kind of sad that their vacation is over. There's the yeah. business people. And then there's just the people that like are just in a bad mood the whole time. <laughs> How was it like, you know, with masks and gloves and empty airport? You know what? I really didn't feel many people stressed out. I think that the people that struggled the most were the ones with children. Uh, for example, the, the people with, with babies, I mean, they, the babies cannot wear face masks. Mm -hmm. So those parents, and I completely understand them, are a little bit more paranoid. And, you know, like at some point in the airport, in Madrid's airport, I put my luggage, my, my backpack down to remove my jumper. Mm -hmm. And I was in a pretty, de pretty decent distance from this family that had a, a newborn born baby. And the, the guy, very seriously, he was like, please just get farther from us because we have the baby and he's not wearing any face mask. And, and I was like, yes, just give me one second. I'm just going to remove my jumper. That's it. And I could tell that they were stressed. But of course, having a baby, it's already a big job. So having a baby during this coronavirus, I understand that it's more challenging. And I could understand why they were a little bit uh, in, not in the friendliest mood. And also, when I also met um, this lady in Madrid's airport, and she was bringing her six, no, her five-year-old son to Mexico, and uh, and I, she was exhausted. I mean, just asking for her kid to keep the mask on because he would keep removing it, of course, and he would just keep forgetting about social distancing. So he would come and hug me and, <laughs> you know, like, and it was really challenging. And then we had this five hour um, wait in Mexico City's airport, both of us, because our plane landed at 3.30 in the morning and our flight was at eight in the morning. So it was what, what four? almost five hours, four hours and a half. So I, I felt really bad for her. So I stayed with them and I tried to help her entertain her son, like playing games and, you know, drawing and stuff like that. But you could tell she was absolutely exhausted of, you know, being taken care of her son during these times, you know, because of course he's a kid. He, he just wants to play and be on the floor and touch people and socialize and yeah and so um do you I, i'm gonna guess most of the people that were traveling were just um like they had a reason to travel in other words it's not for vacation or they're not traveling recre it's not like people from spain were going to mexico for holiday these are people who either live there or 
work there or whatever, something like that. Yes. And I just have a couple more questions. I was wondering about the security line when your bag goes through the x-ray and you have to put it in the tray. Uh-huh. They make you put gloves to put the laptop on the tray. So when you're touching no. the tray, no. Okay. So I was just wondering about that because I think the trays are probably the dirtiest thing in the airport. They have to be like those. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was just wondering that. And if the security guards, like, you know, when they take your bag sometimes, you know, if yeah. they're wearing gloves, I'm guessing they were wearing gloves. They were. Yes. So having seen, you know, heard what you've gone through, it didn't seem that bad of an experience mostly because there weren't a lot of people in the airport. It actually seems like a kind of a nicer experience because you had space on the airplane. The airport was basically yours. I'm yeah. going to guess now as more and more and more people travel and these restrictions are there, like if you tripled or 10 times the number of people in the airport and all of that, do you think it would just be a nightmare? I mean, are the, do you think the airports or airline is equipped to handle a whole bunch of more people, uh, both in Europe and in Mexico? Or does it seem like they're going to either have to give up on the restrictions or they're going to have to limit people? Uh, no, you know what? I think at some point, everybody's just going to start ignoring the restrictions, to be honest with you. Um, I think people are getting a little bit burned out about this uh, situation. Mm-hmm. And I think that people are becoming a little bit more careless with uh, this. I think employees will still do whatever the government tells you that you must do. Like in, in the, yeah, at the airport, the staff still wearing the masks, etc. But yeah, I, I think numbers are going to keep increasing. I think that airlines cannot really afford in the long run to have the social distancing with it. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, numbers one or it's either uh, ignoring the regulations or, or the restrictions about social distancing or really increasing the flight rates because they need to compensate somehow, right? They need mm-hmm. to, it's a business. They need to make profit. So, yeah, I, I think that people are going to slowly, you know, start stopping caring about um, wearing a face mask and, you know, washing their hands 30 times a day and, you know, stuff like that. Here in Mexico, it's really challenging because we are very effective. So whenever we see someone, we usually give them a kiss and a hug. <laughs> so it is so awkward to go and meet someone and be like hey <laughs> yeah the elbow thing I, oh my I, see, God. <laughs> I see people doing it here too and it just looks weird like it just looks odd i mean i i get why you have to do it but it just it's not elegant at all there has to i'm like that yeah. can there be a better way i don't know i i feel like a teenager trying to be cool you know like yeah hey. <laughs> <laughs> like like when you were trying to do the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the elbow thing, and it's it's so it's so weird. And, and there's the feet thing. Have you seen the feet, the foot thing? No, what's the foot? What's that? So, so it's basically the elbow thing, but you you do it with your feet. 
what i have not seen that i, I yeah. i'm gonna be googling that after i have to see people <laughs> the foot shake exactly the foot the foot shake well, i have i have read that the reason that you shake hands comes from back in the days i guess i would i guess in england this is what i i've read i don't know if it's true though i don't know where i read it but it was like you shake with your right hand uh, as a way to say or no because you were uh, carrying your horse you would walk with your horse and so you would hold the horse with the left hand so your right hand would be free something like that and ah, now i messed it up it was something no, about carrying with the horse yeah it was something like that so that's why we shake hands and yeah. well you know i'll just miss the kisses and the hugs yeah i think they're better than handshakes handshakes that's yeah no no like kissing kissing and hugging rocks so yeah that that's when i'm just gonna be like i you know i just mean miss being affectionate with my friends so yeah no no, no no football kicks no nothing like that yeah so last question for people who are like i either have to travel now or i really 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 want to travel now People have been asking me, like, oh, uh, you know, it seems like Turkey's opening up. When are you traveling? And I'm like, uh, I'm going to give it some time because I think things maybe have opened up more quickly than they should have because I'm noticing now that a lot of, like, here, the governments and the restrictions, they're like, whoa, 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 make sure you guys are following all the rules. And most people aren't at this point. So I'm kind of waiting to see if there will be more restrictions or not. Do you think somebody who's like planning like a trip just to like go on a holiday, which a lot of people are, would you recommend them right now to go based on what you've seen? Or do you think it's time to wait or it doesn't really matter? It's going to be like flying like it always has been. I think it really depends on their expectations and their personality because, um, yeah, actually a, a, a friend of mine, just contacted me a few days ago and he was like, let's go to Africa. And I was like, well, you know, I, I know his personality. <laughs> and I told him like, I, although I would love to go to Africa right now, I wouldn't like to be by your side while you experiment wearing a face mask for probably a day and a half while, you know, take one flight after the other, after the other, until you land in there. And there, and then wearing a face mask, if it's mandatory, we don't know, mm -hmm. wherever you go on the streets or whatever. So if you are a very patient person and you think you can, and, and you don't mind wearing a face mask, I think, I, I don't know if it's irresponsible what I'm about to say, but for example, for photographers, I think it is a great time to travel because this is when you can get great photos before everybody goes out to the streets again. Like the photos that I took in Madrid, which I, you know, I watch them and I'm like, yes, there's no one in there, you know, when it's usually mission impossible. So for, you know, for photographers, for people that love taking videos, I mean, I think right now there's a lot of potential for good content, but if you're, for example, someone that it's uh, that wants to go to coffee places and go to bars and meet people and you know 
and have a different type of experience, then it might be better to just wait until things become a little bit more clear and yeah. I, I agree, I think. Yeah, honestly, wearing the face mask was probably my biggest challenge. Like in my head, I was already prepared for seeing the empty airport, for seeing the shops, all the shops and all the coffee places closed at the airport. So I, I brought food. So, you know, I, I was prepared. Like I, I took the right measures, I think, and I had the right attitude. And I try to be really positive in general, no matter what. So it was an entertaining experience for me and to feel, you know, that I was experiencing something very unique. Mm -hmm. it, it was, it was really entertaining, but honestly, wearing the face mask for almost 22 hours, I, it was just driving me crazy. Like there was a time where I just wanted to get home and, Mm -hmm. I, and there were moments where I just went to the bathroom and lock in the bathroom and just remove it for a few minutes and then I would just come out. So you just need to, you know, to know yourself very well so that you can take the right decision based on your expectations and your personality. I think that's good advice. I think, you know, from my point of view, you also like, it, you know, you can go to your destination now. And I think we all feel like, well, they're not going to lock things down again now. And I'm thinking, well, in like March when this happened, literally you flew to, to Spain and two days later, it was like complete, unexpected. Yeah. Like nobody was expecting this. Nobody was expecting this. Like, no. yeah. I, I, I actually checked the numbers by curiosity. Like when I, when my flight took off, heading to Madrid, there were about 500 cases of coronavirus in Spain. When I landed the morning after, there were over 2,000 cases and 1,300 cases were specifically in Madrid where I landed. And that was just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you know how the numbers went in Spain. But yeah, things change from one minute to the other, from one day to the other. So, I mean, as I said, it's still a learning process for everyone. It's worldwide. And the governments are, I'm, I want to say they are doing their best. And it's just a big experiment. You know, they're making one decision and hoping that it's the best decision. And then if they see that it's not the best decision, then they're going to make corrections. Yeah, and it's okay. Yeah, I think there's an economic incentive now in summer to open up countries for tourism and the airlines are ready. But I think, it, you know, for for everybody, we all think flying sucks. Like it's there. I mean, there's so many parts of it that are just like the security line or this or that. You know, it's not it's never like I'm really want to go to the airport and go to security and mm -hmm. wait in line and all this stuff like nobody looks for that so i'm guessing all this corona stuff is only going to make it more difficult it's not going to add it's not going to really be too much nicer now that more people are flying so i think it's a good chance to for people to travel around where they are i honestly like it sounds cheesy but locally yeah, yeah i mean you know people were asking me a lot do you miss traveling do you miss you know and I'm like, no, I just really miss going outside and just meeting my friend, like something so basic, like just going out, 
calling up friends and going and having a drink. Like that's what I miss. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily miss flying around. You know, it's kind of nice. I mean, being in one place sort of for a while was was kind of nice. So, um, yeah, well, you know, like I, I, it, it's not bad. It, you know, I, I mean, I have it pretty lucky. I, I work <clears throat> from home anyway, so it doesn't didn't change too much. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Cool. Thank you very much, Liz, for telling your about your flights, this how it is in Europe and Mexico as well. It was really interesting. Um, so it was really fun. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, and it's- next time you fly to a pandemic uh, to have a vacation, uh, we, we'll, we'll talk about it, talk again. <laughs> touch wood, touch wood. But yes, yes. No, I hope to have uh, another interesting topic to talk about, but no, no pandemic one. In All the right, future. next time, next time you go somewhere cool and it's not locked down, then I'll have you back on and we'll talk about that. How about that? A, a successful story for my next trip. <laughs> <Deal>. <laughs> Sounds good. Cool. Thanks, Liz. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks. Take care. Thank you again to Liz for joining the podcast and sharing your travel stories and to all of you for listening and supporting the Fox Nomad podcast. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, It's it's an interesting time just in the world. It's an interesting time in travel. So I hope you enjoyed this little bonus episode. And like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, there's going to be a couple of extra bonus podcasts coming out in the next couple of days. So make sure that you are subscribed so that you don't miss any of those. And I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll talk to you in the next podcast.